make me wanna Hey Bills fans, welcome to this recap episode of Circling the Wagons, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. I'm your host Nate, and we're here to discuss the Bills losing to the New England Patriots 16-10 in New Era Field, squandering a terrific defensive performance. I'm joined as always by my co-hosts John and Mike. Fellas, how you doing? Hey Nate. John, how are you? Are you are you okay? Do I have to call your wife tonight to make sure nothing's bad's gonna happen? No, no, I'm 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 good. I'm fine. <laughs> Mike Mike, how you doing, man? I'm doing great. Like it was a tough loss, but in it to the end, but not many teams can make the Pats. Consensus. Everybody's consensus number one team in the NFL, right? Defending Super Bowl champs champs and the Bills made them look mediocre. Right, it made Brady look like a backup quarterback, and every yeah. I was, it was yeah. great. You made him look like Eli Except Manning. For the final yeah. outcome, we were in it till the very last drive, to the last play. It and it's so in the last twenty years. How many times can we say that when we're playing the Pats and Brady for it to come down to the end and to be exciting? Like this is a coming out party for the Bills. This is awesome. At the beginning of the season we would take three and one all day long and to play the Pats like, like we did. Yeah. I forget what, what's Brady's record against the bills. 16 of 18 in Buffalo better than any starting bills quarterback more wins. That, yeah, that's so, very depressing. So same old, same old. Gotcha. All right. What's next? Hey, John, come on. It is not the same old, same old. We didn't lose like 44 to three. Yeah. Yeah, it was definitely not same old, same old. I don't know if I walk away with it, though, in a positive light. I always thought, so if you were to tell me at the beginning of this game, if you if you were going to lose to the Pats 16, or by six points, rather, like, you'd be like, I can see that happening, right? That's very, it's very reasonable. The Pats were favored by seven. I thought the Bills were probably going to cover. And I'm like, yeah, you know, I don't know if this offense can do it. The Pats have a really good defense. And it was exactly... Like that, the Pats have a great defense, and they stopped the Bills, and they got a touchdown on special teams. And Josh Allen looked bewildered out there. He didn't know what he was. He wasn't sure when he should pass, when he should stay in the pocket, when he should run. And it was just, I don't know, it was a rough game by the offense all around, especially in the first three, three-and-a-half quarters or so, and, and you know, even towards the end. I, sh- I shouldn't even give Matt Barkley any credit for that, but... It was a rough game for Josh Allen and the Bills' offense. Not on the ground. They were running the ball great. <laughs> just... There were so many things that if the if the coin turned the other way, the Bills win that game. So many plays that could have gone the other way. But that so that that makes you more optimistic. That doesn't frustrate you, Mike. You're saying that makes me very optimistic. You you play him again. In previous years, you're like, yeah, we we play him again. Ninety nine times out of a hundred, they're gonna win. This one was like the ball bounces another way. The ref actually sees that face mask. Yeah. Oh, they 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 rule that interception and incompletion. Oh, it's so close. Oh, that pass interference call. Man, I so many things. I I wish I'm like between you and John. I'm not super optimistic. I'm not super pessimistic. I just I I don't know. We we kind of counted this as a as a win. The- definitely way many things to be optimistic about the thing at the bottom line is though is they lost yeah this is this is definitely a learning game for josh allen he's got a lot to to come away with well i mean even if he if he plays for the next game or two after that concussion but John, we we had four interceptions right two fumbles and and gave up nine 
offensive points to the defending Super Bowl champs. Like, if there's anything to be said about moral victories, like, this was one. It yeah, put, right. and I think so, it puts the rest of the NFL on notice. Like, the Bills are for real. And that defense looks elite. The best defense I can ever remember Buffalo having since the Super Bowl years. The Bills' defense is for real. The Bills' offense is a different story. They've had these mistakes all four games. Allen has made terrible decisions all four games. He's shown flashes of greatness, but he's made terrible decisions. The offensive line has been inconsistent all four games. They've been very poor pass blocking against the Patriots. Way too many penalties. Zay Jones is dropping the ball. I mean, don't give me start on Zay Jones. Why is he on the team? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> the Zay Jones experiment should be over. This whole thing, like he might be an okay player, he's done. He's he's dropping passes. He's not. He does not come back for the ball. Not come back for the ball. He's he not even not tr- play defensive back on those on interceptions. No, I, I don't understand why Andre Roberts is not taking over all of Zay Jones's reps at this point. He's a, a much better receiver. I, I, it's just, I, I don't, Dawson Knox, Dawson Knox, send him out instead of Zay Jones. I'm okay with, and Dawson Knox looks great, by the way. We'll get into him a little bit later, but any almost any other wide receiver, it's like, you know. <clears throat> it's Sean, gotta be the sunk cost fallacy, right? The draft pick and yep. how much you believed in him, what you've already put into him. Mm-hmm. Has got to be factoring into it, right? Has to be. That's got to be it. It's got to. And John was mentioning it earlier over text that the Bills traded up for Zay Jones, so it's it's like they feel like they're even more indebted to him to, or indebted to keep him on the roster and try to keep developing him when he's clearly it's it's not this year is supposed to, third year is supposed to be a breakout year for a wide receiver, and I have not seen anything. To, to prove that he drops pass after pass. And even though you're like, oh, you know, maybe that wasn't really catchable. It's like, what do you got to do? Hit the guy right in the hands every time? Like, shouldn't have to do that for a wide receiver. Like, make those catches. Stop stop knocking them up into the air for the safety to catch. And, you know, try to defend, like you said, Mike, defend the ball against the safety when they're trying to intercept it. <laughs> it's just uh, also yeah, in the process. Like, what, why is he still on the team? Yeah, it's well, it's like the same thing with Cody Ford playing right tackle. Like, why is Cody Ford playing right tackle anymore? He gets beat almost every time, it feels like, on a pass rush. Guys are always coming around the edge and trying to get Josh Allen. It's like Josh Allen has two seconds sometimes. The whole offensive line had no idea what the hell was going on when the Patriots were lining up to blitz every play. I don't know why they didn't blitz more. Yeah. No, they could just, well, they could get home with four. (laughs) They just needed four defensive linemen to get to to get to Josh Allen in just a couple seconds, then you have seven guys in coverage and you're, and you're basically, you're fine. You're fine there. So yeah, I mean, every, I shouldn't just put it on Cody Ford, Tynaseki on that last, on that last pass that, by Matt Barkley, where he got hit by Kyle Vinoy, like Tynaseki completely missed Kyle Vinoy. <laughs> he was, instead he tried to cover the guy on the inside who was being triple blocked and let the guy roam free and hit Matt Barkley in the arm. And to, that could have won the game, you know, like that the bills were driving they were making progress, not to say that they would have scored a touchdown, but when you don't block your guy, it doesn't help. So a lot of things to take on this. But, you know, okay, we're going to go into stats of the game in a little bit, but I'm not, it's funny, as bad as the as bad as bad the offense was, they outgained the Patriots by a lot, by 150 yards. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw that stat out there right now. 150 yards, the Bills offense outgained the Pats offense. That's crazy, right? Like, you would have never thought that. If I hadn't thrown that out there, you'd have been like, hey, the Bills' offense actually had more than 200 yards. They did. They had 375 yards of total offense. And yep. it's... Well, I mean, 
100 yard gain by Gore, right? Awesome. Frank the Tank. Frank Gore is amazing. I agree there. 15,000 yards, right? right? Fourth player to do it. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, going, going back to the yardage totals, right? So, like, Josh Allen, he couldn't finish the game because they knocked him out, right? He had more passing yards than Brady, 153 to 150. Um, I I mean, Frank Gore, again, 100 yards. I think they should have ran it more with Gore. And I think that they, you know, Yeldon came on in the second half. Maybe they should have passed it to Yeldon more, passed it to Knox more. Um, I think there was some adjustments made in the second half, but I think not enough on the offense. Why didn't they- Yeldon hang on to that flea flicker oh <laughs> that, that one was bad yeah because the pass wasn't where it should have been yeldon had his guy beat and then you know john brown kind of flipped it he he didn't he didn't he put too much loft on it <laughs> and the guy the safety could get his hand right in there but you know a that lot of those was costly by brown and then brown was so close to that touchdown oh yeah there was a lot of things in there a lot of like i think tied the game at that point it was 10 to 16 i mean he got stopped at the one in, in Josh Allen, in a lot of those interceptions, there were guys running wide open over the middle that he just didn't see or whatever, like TJ Yeldon. That's a perfect example, Mike. There's TJ Yeldon. I remember seeing him running across the middle. And Dawson Knox and, you know, just not necessarily Zay Jones deep, <laughs> which, you know, maybe he thought it was John Brown because why else would you throw to Zay Jones deep, right? <laughs> it, was a, it was a huge mistake. I mean, at some point they got to stop throwing it downfield against when it's not working, right? Like, you got to take what the defense gives you. Why was Knox not more involved? He was like the MVP last game. Well, you know, all these things are kind of. And the one, the one ball that got thrown to him, it was like a circus catch. And he still came down with awesome. it. Yeah. Yeah. He's amazing. He's an amazing athlete. Great wide receiver, great blocker. It's he's a real deal so far in his rookie season. It's just. He was falling back. Chung was right on him. Makes the grab. Play catch of the game. Yeah. Get him involved. Yeah, you know, all of the things that I was really worried about seeing in Josh. So I remember like saying that Josh Allen was playing the worst we could have expected in the first half of that Jets game when he like had three turnovers. He had two picks and a a fumble in the first half. And I was like, oh, man, this is like the worst we can see of Josh Allen. And I was like, well, I was wrong because today was probably the worst Josh Allen we could have expected. I mean, he just wasn't hitting anyone. He was he was taking way too many hits and I'm not even including the one that he got a concussion on. He was taking way too many hits. He was holding onto the ball way too long. He was throwing too many hero balls. And it was just like these things that they're just, they just add up after a while. You just keep throwing picks. You keep, and it's he's throwing to these guys in double coverage. The interceptions kill you and they're obvious, but some of those sacks that he took would knock the bills out of field goal range. Right. And that takes the points off the board. And that would have tied the game at the end when all we would have needed was a field goal. Yeah, that was frustrating. There was at least one or two sacks that he took like that that just, yeah, just knocked him out of field goal range. The um, penalties on the offensive line didn't help either. Lee Smith is, <laughs> they they were all bad. I mean, I'm just pointing out Lee Smith, but they were they were all. It was, what's that? I think they had, I think they had eight penalties. Four of them were Lee Smith. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know what I don't know what was going on in that end of the ball. Um, it should have been somewhat quiet for the pills playing a new era field. I don't know how they're going to do on the road with that, but, but yeah, as far as, as far as plays go, I mean, we're not going to get into plays of the game yet, but I have to point out this game. How in the fourth quarter, when the 
the Patriots were deep in their own end. And it was like third and eight or something. And the Bills just were like bum rushed Tom Brady. And he wasn't going to get a pass off. And he just kind of turned around and threw it into the ground. I'm like, how is that not pass interference? How is that not pass interference? He threw it right into the ground. There wasn't a receiver within 10 yards. And like he he just basically like looked, turned around the corner and then just like threw it down. Like what? What? Do you guys remember that play? Oh, and you mean intentional grounding? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you remember that intentional grounding play that wasn't called? Well, which one? There's like six a game with Brady. Unbelievable. It's unbelievable. What do you guys think about that that hit on Josh Allen? Should that hit have been called a penalty, or was he a runner? Should it not have mattered? Then well, knocked him out of the game? Then one that knocked him out of the game. Yeah, it was a penalty. It was just offsetting, right? Yeah, it was a penalty. I guess I just, I just wonder because I thought – and and I I don't want to give any credit to the Patriots because I think it was a dirty hit. I mean, the guy led with his helmet right into Josh Allen's helmet, which I right. still don't know if that is that still illegal. Like even if you're a runner, even if you're a running back, you still can't do that. Yeah, helmet to helmet is bad. Okay, all right. <laughs> well, it was a dirty hit. <laughs> well, then. the fact that those penalties offset, like <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Well, like right. a, a ten yeah, yard. Maybe, hold- maybe that's a rule that needs to be reevaluated if if they're so concerned with. Um, those types of penalties. How about another one? Like if you're if you're playing dirty and you knock somebody out of the game, like we have no idea how how long Allen's going to be out. Hopefully he doesn't miss any more time, right? But it just seems unfair, dirty. So that player can continue to play while Allen can be out six weeks in concussion protocol. Who knows? Yeah. Like if if you are found responsible for a dirty hit like that, fined by the NFL, whatever, you should have to miss some time too. Maybe you miss the same amount of time that the other player misses. I agree. No, that's a good one. I don't know if the NFL would ever do something like that, but you've got to. You're incentivized to play dirty with the way things are currently. Yeah. What do you get? Like a twenty? Like the game dynamic completely changes when you knock out the other team's quarterback. Yeah. What the most important position in sports? Absolutely. What do you get? Like a twenty-five thousand dollar fine or something like that? I mean, if you if you were if you're about to hit a guy like Josh Allen and you know that he misses four games, you miss four games, you might not try to go right for his head. You might just try to wrap, you know, wrap him up and tackle him like a normal person, you know, or whatever. Like, and I'm not talking even like tackle. You don't even need to go in there at all. Yeah, he was being tackled, right? Ah, now I'm just getting angry. Now you guys are just you're getting me all riled up over here. What about the uh <laughs> What about the so so we were talking about moral victories earlier today and I did a post on Twitter where basically I said, you know, do you have is there such thing as a moral victory with a Bills loss? And this was like before the game even played. This was basically just when I knew the spread. I said if the Bills keep the game close against the Pats, like quote unquote close against the Pats, which I basically meant within a touchdown. If they fight hard and they still lose, is that still a win for you on Sunday? And the Twitter poll had over a thousand votes, and it was basically fifty-seven percent said yes, and forty-three percent said no. So it's funny because if you look at the comments, all the comments are like, "Oh, come on, you just go give trophies out for participating," and you know all of that. You know, like you just can't. You know, a win is a win. You just you don't play for losses. There's no moral victories and stuff like that. So I guess I'm going to ask you guys that coming away from this game, do you see this as a moral victory for the Bills? Is this is this win a step in the right direction or it doesn't matter. It's a loss. You're three and one. 
you're you know it was against an AFC East division rival, and now they had the lead in the AFC East. Oh, because of that game. I would vote no. Um, we already knew the defense was good, and we already knew the offense was inconsistent, so we didn't learn anything from that. I'd, I'd say. Are you kidding? No. Yes, there is. John beat up on the Jets and the Giants. We did not know how good the Bills were. We played the collective record, right? It was like one and eight, and it should have been zero and nine of the teams we played. Now we're playing the the number one team in the NFL, defending Super Bowl champs, all time great quarterback and coach, and played them down to the wire. And that's when everything went against us. We we've talked about some of the ref calls. Our starting quarterback, our franchise quarterback, gets knocked out in the third quarter. We lost four interception. Like ab. Absolutely, those players got to be have to be galvanized a little bit. Like we play this game again, we can take them. It's not like getting blown out. Like oh, there's there's the NFL's bifurcated, right? And like oh, there's the elite teams, and then there's us, and we suck. No, it's like we're right there. Play them again, we might we got them. Well, absolutely, we can still we can definitely beat that team, but it just confirms that. Our defense is good, which is what we thought, and our offense is inconsistent, which is what we thought. It was interesting to see how they were going to play against the Pats because we've only played bad teams. So how were they going to? Were they going to get blown out by the Pats? Were they going to, you know, crush the Pats? We didn't think that, but how this game ended up was it definitely. I think it says a lot about the team. We didn't know how good this team was or how bad it was. Basically, three and zero is kind of deceiving. We've seen that with past teams and past seasons, going three and zero or four and zero, five and one. Like, let's see how good this team is. And and to I think to Mike's point, we we're we're right there. <laughs> I mean, the the Pats are the best team in the NFL. Like, there's nothing to say that the Bills couldn't possibly go into an AFC divisional game or an AFC conference, you know, a conference playoff game where they're pitted up against the Pats in the playoffs and possibly win this game if a few bounces go go the right way. And if they learn how to play offense somehow and not turn the ball over four times, right? The teams we've played, it was like, I I think we lacked to to have to come back in the end and win on the final seconds and claw. Like, I never got the sense that the Bills were for real until today. Like, I'm I'm very optimistic moving forward. It's almost like, and boxing, right? Like they moved up a weight class today to to play the Pats, and they took them all the way to the end. Yeah, I already knew the Bills were for real, so I was already Missouri <laughs> past that point. <laughs> I don't know. I kind of I kind of take a little bit of a moral victory from this, and I was I was one of the few people, not the few, I was one of the majority that voted yes, just because. Yeah, we're so used to this team, and 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 it's it's proof that. This is really Belichick's team now. I mean, not that Brady's in complete decline, but he is not the same quarterback that used to shred the Bills' defense. And this Bills' defense isn't the same defense that used to get shredded by the Patriots. I mean, this team this team can win. This team could win, you know, on another Sunday and another time. It just was a it just was a, an awful and it, you know, everything that went wrong too wasn't enough for them to just completely get blown out. It was just barely lost. You know, had this had Corey Bajorquez or had the Bills actually blocked the guy who ran in to block the punt on Corey Bajorquez, you know, maybe the Bills win this one, which is so frustrating to think about that, that a blown play on special teams is 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 the difference in the outcome of the game, minus a bunch of other things. It's it's to me, that was that was the game right there that blocked punt. And uh, man, 
man, the special teams were, whew, whew, special teams had a rough game. <laughs> All right, so let's go into um, stats and numbers of the game. Um, I'm gonna. I always start off with a quiz for John and Mike. So um, I'm going to start off with first I, a stat of the game was Tom Brady's passer rating for today. His passer rating was 45.9, which was his lowest in 185 regular season games over 13 years since November 5th, 2006, in a loss versus Indianapolis. It is the sixth lowest passer rating of his entire career. That brought by uh, Mark Gone. And all right, so let's go stats of the game with you guys. All right. How many more yards passing did Josh Allen have than Matt Barkley? How many more passing yards? John, you may go first. <laughs> didn't you go first last time? Or didn't I go first last time? Yeah, I think so. Mike, you're up. <laughs> 25. 26. <laughs> 27. So the answer is 26 <laughs> by Mike. <laughs> Are you looking up the stats right now just so I can't? No, I Okay. I thought I don't think he knew it. I thought he Price is Right rules. He went one more than me. Yeah, I picked one more than Mike. It was either one more or one less. I mean, so does that does that bother you as far as Josh Allen? He had three quarters and a little bit of the fourth quarter, and he was only able to get twenty six more yards passing than Matt Barkley had in the fourth quarter. I mean, I know a lot of the plays were scripted more towards passing in that fourth quarter because they were down and they needed to. They need to gain some yardage, but isn't that does that make you wonder if Matt Barkley should play next week, even if Josh Allen is kind of iffy? You know what I mean? Like <laughs> No. Um Josh Allen gives I mean, obviously he made some bad decisions, but he gives the Bills something different that other quarterbacks wouldn't give them. Also, Josh Allen had more passing yards than Tom Brady, so what does that tell you? <laughs> I don't know, man. That last the last quarter, Matt Barkley looked way better than Josh Allen did all game. So I, I I don't know if it was just a change in in quarterback and the fact that the Patriots were not prepared for Matt Barkley playing quarterback. So they they didn't know they weren't they weren't just defensively ready for it strategically. So I I don't know. I think the Bills had had a balanced attack at that point, and by the end they were needing to get chunk yardage throwing the ball they had pretty much given up on with the run at that point later in the game i think yeah i mean matt barkley had almost half the attempts passing as josh allen it was only like 20 yards off from him passing yardage i don't know i i i really want obviously i'm not saying matt barkley should start over josh allen but that's disconcerting to see that your backup was and it only it was it's funny because in preseason Matt Barkley looked pretty good. Of course, it was against second and third teamers. So you're like, well, what are you guys going to take from this? He's going to look a little bit better than Josh Allen. Some of this today, he looked a little bit better. I mean, that last interception, like I said, I wouldn't even put it on him. Guy was completely unblocked. So he might he might be that much closer to leading us to a touchdown drive and possibly winning the game the way that it was going. So I don't know. I mean, he did throw some uncatchable balls. I completely get that. It just I'm not as worried with Matt Barkley being in there, I guess. I think it speaks to they actually have depth at quarterback now. Oh yeah, that's nice. I, this is yeah depth. in a few games too. I I I think you know. I mean, when was the last time they had a capable backup, much less a capable starter? Frank Reich, right? <laughs> right. It's been a while. Been a while. Been a while, John. Right. Yeah. 
So like I mentioned earlier, uh, Josh Allen, 13 for 28, 153 yards and three interceptions. Matt Barkley, 9 for 16, 127 yards in that last interception to seal the game. Frank Gore had 17 carries for 109 yards. Here's a quick quiz. What was the yards per carry for Frank Gore? 6.4. 6.4. Nice. Nice, John. Don't even bother, Mike. 6.4. Um, you just said it. <laughs> Josh Allen, 5 for 26, one touchdown. Um, rushing the ball. Cole Beasley leads all receivers for the Bills, seven receptions for 75 yards on 13 targets. John Brown, five receptions for 69 yards, 11 targets. Really, really rough catch rate for all these receivers. Um, TJ Yeldon had four receptions for 68 yards on four targets. Dawson Knox, three receptions for 58 yards on three targets. How about this one? Here's a good one. Zay Jones. <laughs> Two receptions, eight targets. Two receptions for four yards on eight targets. <laughs> I don't even know if that's a good game for Zay by Zay standards. <laughs> that, that was the first stat I looked up after the game. How many targets did Zay have compared to the receptions? <laughs> oh, God. He was third on the team with targets, and he was uh, seventh on the team, sixth on the team in receiving yardage. <laughs> that's that's insane. He, has, he never has any yards after the catch. He always just falls down. Yeah. Yeah, good call. I think he's only had, like, I want to say one or two good games in all three seasons. So, I don't know. They, they need a true number one receiver. Like, if they had a true number one, and then John Brown is the two, and then Beasley is a really great slot receiver, like, they'd be fine. But they don't have a number one. Yeah, you know what my thought is on the number one wide receiver, though, is that there's so few of them, and those teams never seem to go anywhere. You know what I mean? Like, think about... Think about like Mike Evans. Who who are your like number one wide receivers? AJ Green, Mike Evans, Julio Jones. Like Julio Jones made it to the Super Bowl, but he's never won one. And they're not consistently in the playoffs even. Like Odell Beckham Jr., what did he do with the Giants? No. I mean, Michael Thomas with Drew Brees, they're always contending. Yeah, but Drew Brees was great before. Drew Drew Brees was like thrown for 5,000 yards before Michael Thomas was even on the team. (laughs) They have a number one receiver, though. He's the number one guy. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. I just don't see, like, I mean, the the Steelers had Antonio Brown for all those years. I mean, where did they yeah, go? They've always been in the playoffs. I, I I, mean, I guess. they just It just doesn't seem to be the thing that leads them over the hump, I guess. You would think, like, with a guy like that, there would be a Super Bowl contender every year with a guy like that. I mean, who, the Rams didn't even have a number one wide receiver like That's that. Look at it is, what are the Bills missing right now? Okay, so they could use some better offensive linemen maybe still. Yep. And the number one receiver... I mean, the defense looks good. They get running backs, assuming Singletary's healthy. I mean, is it okay? Is it okay for me to say that I I love the way the defense is playing? That I'd like a little bit more pass rush. Like, just I mean, today they looked pretty good, but I feel like in general this this season they're just lacking a little bit more pressure than I thought yeah. they would get. They're they're not getting the sacks, but I still think they're getting. They're I think I mean today I thought they got. They got pressure, even though they didn't get any sacks. Yeah, Brady was pressured a lot. I mean, that offensive line is pretty ragged on their team with the injuries that they've taken. But I guess I was kind of hoping for I mean, Brady's smart enough to not take sacks by, you know, throwing intentional grounding whenever he has to. So that helps. <laughs> that helps when you circumvent the rules and you don't take sacks. Um, on the Patriots side of the ball, stats of the day, 18 for 39 for Tom Brady, 150 yards and one interception. That key, huge interception by Micah Hyde. Um, 
that was one of the one of the best plays of the game. Um, Sony Michelle leading rusher on the Patriots, 17 carries for 63 yards, uh, 3.7 yards per carry average, which is a, a really great sign of how well the Bills played the run today. James White was leading receiver for the Patriots, eight receptions for 57 yards. I mean, you know that's good. They locked down Josh Gordon, only three receptions for 46 yards on seven targets. So really, I mean, the Bills had a had a had a great game defensively. I mean, I can't complain even about the pass rush just because of how well everything went. I just I just wish I saw a little bit more on the on the sack stat line. That's all. That's all. All right. So we're gonna take a quick break, quick commercial break, and after that, we'll go into our plays of the game and our wall of famers and wall of shamers. So stick around. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, welcome back to the Circling the Wagons podcast, our recap show. I'm your host, Nate. Thank you so much for joining us. And I'm with my co-hosts, John and Mike. So let's talk about our plays of the game for today's game. Even though there was a loss, there were still some huge plays by Bills players. So the plays of the game are brought to you by our T Public store, which I know Bills fans are kind of down on the Bills a little bit. But, you know, hey, there's some cool Bills shirts out there that we have at our T Public store, our Josh Allen shirt, our Sean McDermott shirts. There's there's just a, a bunch of cool designs out there. So check that out at tpublic.com slash stores slash ctwpod. It was weird. You know, right before I got on, I saw that someone had bought the uh, Josh Allen shirt, even after the Bills had lost. So maybe they're on a different time zone. Maybe they didn't get a chance to watch the game, but... It was pretty funny. So again, check out that store at tpublic.com. It's tpublic.com slash stores slash ctwpod. So, John, I want to give you first crack at play of the game. Your play of the game for the Buffalo Bills loss 16 to 10 against the Patriots. Are we talking like play of the game in general, like turning point, or like does it have to be a positive play for the Bills? Just a positive play for the Bills. I mean, since since you know, we've been doing this. They were three and zero up until now. So we usually use a play of the game as, you know, an important play or a play that really stood out to us. So for this one, there was no turning point of the game really. So, and there kind of was. It's going to be the one I choose. But what do you got? Yeah, I I know I'm I'm I had one in my back in my head, but I, I guess I'm forgetting okay. it. All right, um, Mike, Mike, your turn. Thinking of, but I could just go with the Micah Hyde interception. Okay, that's a good one. The Micah Hyde interception that was huge. That was huge. Yeah, yeah, I mean that's that's the play of the game for the Bills. The Pats are up thirteen zero at that point. Brady's going in. Geez, to it felt like put the nail in the coffin. Like it was going to be a real long day if the Pats convert that, and then not not only to hold them for three, but for the Bills to get the t- takeaway. I thought that was huge momentum. Got the crowd back in it. Yeah, um, energized the players, and hard to overstate the importance of that one. Yeah, that was definitely my my play of the game too. It was just I, th- there were just a lot of really good plays in between there between Frank Gore's long runs. I mean, I, when Devin Singletary went out, I was really afraid that Frank Gore wouldn't be able to <laughs> wouldn't be able to carry that load all by himself. But he looked he looked a little bit like Devin Singletary, just making guys miss and finding huge gains. Um, but yeah, Micah Hyde intercepting Brady in the end zone, like you said, to to keep that game within reach. I mean that was easily a I mean 
that was minus seven points basically by the defense. You talked about the defense only allowing nine points. Well, they just gained seven points by that interception, in my opinion. So, um, yeah, that was that was that was the only play I could think of as well. So, all right, let's go into our wall of famers and wall of shamers for today's game. Um, wall of fame. I'll go first this time. And uh, Mike, you're not going to like this because it's going to be such a broad stroke. But the defense, the Bills defense in general, whether it was um, the defense stepping up in coverage, the defense, I mean, Tremaine Edmonds doing a great job uh, rifling through the, the offensive line to getting some tackles in the backfield or or tipping passes in the over over the slot. And the Bills defense just constantly keeping Brady on his toes. Great coverage in the secondary. Um, I thought Levi Wallace had a great game. And the, the the game plan in general by Leslie Frazier, I mean, this is a team that was completely blowing out other teams, I mean, bad teams, and the Bills defense kept them from doing that. The, I mean, Tom Brady looked pedestrian at best today, and it was all thanks to the Bills defense. So, Mike, I'll let you go next. Who is on your uh, wall of fame for today's game? Franklin Demetrius Gore, turning back the clock. He was a huge bright spot for the Bills, evading tacklers. Right, I think he still. I wish he was a little quicker, <laughs> finishing some of those runs. You can tell he's going to get run down by the corners and the safeties. But man, he can power over people. Um, it was just good to see him reach fifteen thousand yards in Bills uniform. Yeah, he so he was so he surpassed. So he's the fourth player in NFL history to get fifteen thousand career rushing yards. As John mentioned earlier, he's up to 252 rushing yards a season, and that's that total marks the most by a 36-plus-year-old player through four games in NFL history. So, yeah, that's a good one, Mike. You went government on him, all three, huh? All three names? I'm not even going to fact-check you. That's probably right. <laughs> John, who, how about you? Who's your who's on your uh, wall of fame? Well, this is tough. Um, Nate, you mentioned the defense. They were outstanding. Allowed only 224 yards. Brady, 18 of 39, only 150 yards. He had a pick. The top running back, 63 yards, 3.7 average. Mike, you mentioned Frank Gore. He was on my list, too. 70 carries, 109 yards, 6.4, 6.5 yards per carry. Um, You know, 15,000-yard club. That's awesome. Um, Just to be different, I'm going to go with uh, that dude that managed to get married at a Bills game. (laughs) Yeah. Does that does that bode well for the future? <laughs> if you lose during, does that matter? Does it matter for your marriage if you lose? I don't know. I mean, apparently they, they um, their first date was at a Bills game. They get engaged at a Bills game, so I don't know the results of those games. Mm-hmm. So I mean, who knows? I was thinking about that because I was so um, I was actually at a wedding today, right before the beginning of the game. It was like a brunch wedding, which who has a wedding on a Sunday, right during football season. But I was thinking about this. Like, did they do a reception right after for that for that wedding at midfield? Like, did they go into like a box or a suite and just like, hey, you know, like cake and all that stuff, like all their family members? Or do, I mean, what what happens? Or is there just no reception? I mean, what does do they get? I I guess I wonder how that ends. If it's just like the two of them, like, okay, now we're going home, or do they take their seats in the stands? I, what happens? I don't know. I mean, I imagine they. I mean, they were on the. I imagine they had like sideline passes or something, right? For that, mm-hmm. they probably. Then they probably had like a reception after the game too. I don't know. 
Who knows? Well, imagine if they did have sideline passes, how pissed they would be at the day of their wedding after that game. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> you're supposed to walk away from your wedding like, oh, man, like, I know with, with my wedding, it was like, oh, man, that was like a great time. It was a great party. I've never, you know, I saw everyone. I feel like I know all my close friends and family and and, you know, my wife's family, and it was just like, we played all, the DJ was great, you know, playing some great songs, had some wedding cake, you know, good food. And then it's like, well, I didn't get crushed because my team just lost right in front of me, though, either. Right. But, I mean, you know, when you get walked down the aisle by Jim Kelly and Cal Williams is officiating your ceremony, and I don't know. <laughs> That's true. Okay, fair enough. All right. Way, way to make my wedding sound like crap, John. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, so... So that's a good one. I actually had like a, an honorable mention for because Mike's Mike's guy right here, Dawson Knox. I thought he was, I don't think he was Wall of Fame contention like for today because he won it last week and it just he was important, but he wasn't you know the sole reason why they did as well as he did on offense. But he had a great game, can't go unnoticed. So Wall of Shamer for today's game. So I went first this time. Jo- Mike, Mike, how about I throw it over to you? Who do you have on your Wall of Shame for today's loss against the Patriots? I think it's got to be Josh Allen, unfortunately. I hate to do it to him. Um, he's still learning, but with three picks, you just can't do that and expect to win. I love how the Bills were still in it, but geez, he also had the fumble. That was lucky to be recovered by the Bills. I'm um, just poor decision making. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. That's a very good, good one. It's it's an obvious one where, yeah, he was the reason why. John, what about you? Is he make your wall of shame too, or you got someone else? Man, there's so many, so many choices. Um, I mean, you could say Dable, um, just because, you know, the, I mean, he made some adjustments, but I don't, I, there, there wasn't enough. Um, I, I will say that, you know, the, the Bills, the, they, the first, their touchdown against the Patriots was the first offensive touchdown the Patriots have allowed this year. So that's something, I yeah. suppose. Mm-hmm. Um, the timeouts, like the, t- the time management and the, and the, the last half was terrible. Like they started the fourth quarter with basically no timeouts left. They had to take a delay of game penalty at one point because of it. Yeah. Um, the refs were terrible. We, we already talked about Zay Jones. Um, it, it comes down to two things for me. I mean, one was the offensive line pass blocking, terrible penalties are bad. Um, but it, I, I gotta go with Mike on the, on Josh Allen. Um, too many mistakes. He's trying to play hero ball. Um, he just needs to learn to take what the defense is giving him. Like even in the second half, he was throwing like a long pick, just throwing it up for grabs, um, taking too many sacks. I mean, when when the line does hold up, he holds onto the ball too long. Um, and we, you got one of you guys mentioned earlier that you know in in the in the I think it was late in the first half, he took a sack, brought him out of field goal range. They could have had a field goal, or later on they could have kicked a field goal. So. Yeah, I got to go with Allen. Um, and, and it's funny, too, because, like, you know, Barkley came in and, okay, there's a little bit of a spark. But, like, I was texting you guys, like, it was, like, one of the last drives. I'm like, Allen would be great right now because if, if he could get back in just because he adds that dimension. I mean, I, he he's had, like, four or five comebacks in his 14 starts. So, like, there's definitely something there that he adds. Um, he just he just can't make those mistakes. You know, we said this last week in in the uh, the game um, against the Bengals where there were some costly mistakes by the Bills offense. And we said, you know, you can't do that 
next week and win against the Patriots, and that's exactly what happened this week. They made those mistakes, even more so, and they didn't win, and we knew that was going to happen. You can't do that to a Bill Belichick-led team. So I think this is going to be a learning experience for him. Obviously, you know, we as a podcast aren't ready to write him off or anything. Um, I don't think any. I don't think Bills fans should. I think that it's, it was just a rough game against a very good defense, against a very well coached team. Bill Belichick usually eats, you know, young quarterbacks like Josh Allen for breakfast, so that that should be understood that that was probably a possibility. I'm actually going to give my wall of shame to uh, the special teams. I, I mean, Corey, they were they were just bad. They were bad all around. I don't even want to put it completely on Corey Bohorquez. Because that block pun wasn't his fault. The guy went. The guy who blocked it was not even touched by. It's like the, the Bills weren't ready for that. Basically, there was a guy who was should have been covering the gunner for the Bills, and he just lined up right on the line of scrimmage. And it's like, well, that's a guy that's not accounted for by the offensive line. And I watched that play a few times just to see who was at fault. And uh, yeah, it was definitely. It definitely wasn't called right. They weren't audibled out of it. The guy who was the gunner didn't know he should go back into the line. It was just, it was just poor. And that's and that to me was the the play get to the turning point of the game. And that's what cost the Bills the game. Um, and then not only that, it was Hauschka missed a field goal. Bahorquez punted a twenty-one yarder later in the game for some for some reason. <laughs> he did that a few times where it was just like, what are you doing? Why what why are you that worried that you're gonna get block that you just you're just pooching it I don't get it it was it was very frustrating as a fan to see the special teams I mean this felt like a Danny Crossman team on special teams it was just very undisciplined and they just weren't ready for it the Bills as much as I know Andre Roberts has been injured but the Bills have shown little to no improvement in punt returns and kick returns over last year I mean they just don't seem to be getting they just don't seem to be getting a lot more a lot more improvement than they had last year. I mean, Zay Jones, I mean, if we're going to go with more ball of shame, Zay Jones, I mean, just just a terrible day. McDermott challenges, John, you touched on that. He was 0 for 2 today, and he's just, he just caught, he's 0 for 3 in the season. He's 1 for 12 in his career as a Bills head coach. I mean, the guy is just, he just needs, he needs better advice for people telling him how to give, how to challenge game or when to challenge them or whatever. I mean, these, these refs, they're, you want to challenge pass interference you can't do it when they didn't call it because it very few times statistically are they going to go against that because then that's basically admitting that they didn't catch it in the first place right so they're not going to give it to you so i appreciate him going for that on that rub play but it just the, the statistics just aren't there for it to be overturned so um that was the refs were awful today um, like I said, you know, mentioned earlier that blatant intentional grounding call. They picked up the flags way too many times on calls that should have been made. Um, and, and then speaking of penalties, the, the Bills offensive line, we, we went into that earlier. So, all right, let's go to Twitter for who you think should be on the wall of fame and wall of shame for today's Bills loss. Mike Taylor, our guy Mike Taylor, says wall of fame, defense, and Frank Gore. Wall of shame, the offense minus Frank Gore. Most, he writes, most likely to be immortalized in bronze, Toss and Knox, and guy we're going to have to give a conciliatory, conciliatory cup to, Matt Barkley. And the moral of the day is throwing off your back foot is a terrible idea. So stop it. That's, that's a fair, fair assumption. I would say, though, that sometimes uh, they don't have even have a chance to throw off their back or throw off their front foot because there's a guy right in their face. So, but I get what Mike's saying. Great, great input from Mike. 
fluent in sarcasm is in again. I didn't get to watch the game, kind of glad. So from the highlights only, I'll keep it simple. Hall of Fame, Wall of Fame, defense, outstanding. They held a team averaging 35 points to 16. Brady averaging 303 yards, held to 150, and averaged 97 yards rushing as a team down to 74 today. Wall of Shame is the offense. I can't point anyone or anything else specifically from highlights only besides Allen. He needs to be careful with the ball. He holds on to it too long on some plays, and good defenses will make you pay and they did with three interceptions, and he stated it great. That's that's exactly what the Patriots will do, especially because of how good their defense has been this season and even going into the end of last season. Thomas Durlach writes, Wall of Fame. Leslie Frazier, Wall of Shame. Lee Smith, so the defensive coordinator winning the Wall of Fame on that one, which I got to agree with. I, I really like the, the game plan he he dialed up today against Tom Brady. And Lee Smith, man, you got <laughs> those penalties are costly. Mike Potts walls in or calls <laughs> Mike Potts writes in Wall of Fame the defense Wall of Shame Allen and Brian Dable. And so I would say I didn't I didn't like the way that Dable called the offense as far as not running the ball more but I mean as an offense they definitely you know gained enough yardage to win the game with 375. Mark Zeminski writes the Wall of Shame is the offensive line and special teams the offensive line being manhandled today which is, you know, I, I know that the Bills' offensive line is better than it was last year, and last year it was almost historically bad, and the offensive line this year is better than that line, that offensive line, but I think it's all relative. I think that they're, they're according to at least pro football focus, I believe they're ranked 21st. It was either 18th or 21st in the league, so they're just below average um, based on pro football focus. So you kind of saw this today. You've kind of seen it in the last few weeks that especially when it comes to pass protection, they just can't protect Josh Allen or Matt Barkley in this case. Steven Ujvari Jr. writes, the wall of fame goes to Frank Gore and the entire defense. The wall of shame goes to Josh Allen and special teams coaching. A lot of a lot of Josh Allen in the wall of shame today, too. Adam Talmadge writes, wall of fame. The defense held Brady to 150 yards and one interception, kept the game within reach, and the running backs with Gore with 15,000 yards and 109 yards on the day, and a bounce-back game for Yeldon, except for blocking on uh, the Barkley interception, which I don't know if I'd put that on Yeldon. I'm really, I looked at it over again, it looked like it was Tyneseki, but I mean, <laughs> I mean, TJ Yeldon was, was double blocking a guy too in the middle when maybe he should have been going to the outside. So I definitely see what he's saying here. Wall of shame today goes to Josh Allen, Zay Jones, Brian Dable, all predictable in their mistakes, especially with Zay Jones. I mean, Josh Allen's been making mistakes all season too. So, um, Devin Brown writes, Wall of Fame is for the defense, and the Wall of Shame is for Josh Allen. Sean J. Thiel writes, pretty obviously, Hyde, Poyer, and Edmonds all played in an all-pro level, and Zay Jones and Allen, Josh Allen were at career lows. The horrible showing on the offense today, feed Knox and Gore a little more, and we can do something. Bench number 11 now. I couldn't agree more with that. I mean, Zay Jones needs to have his snaps. I think he's only like 40% for all snaps. He needs to be down to like 10 or 15% and only on run plays because run blocking seems to be the only thing that he's doing well right now. Our friend Nick Bat from the Nick and Nolan show came in. Nick writes, wall of shame is Lee Smith scared, scared of the... Uh, phalluses <laughs> and all kinds of penalties as a result. 
Cody Ford is a bad tackle. The officials who didn't eject the player who killed Allen um, were on his wall of shame. I, I agree with that one. And Zay Jones for all the drops. And the wall of fame goes to the defense and Sira Neal and Trey Edmonds, which I'm sure Nick and Nolan are going to talk a lot more about this week. So look forward to hearing that and a lot of their interesting takes on today's game. The real underdog, my man, the real underdog. The, the wall of shame goes to the refs on that intentional grounding or lack of intentional grounding as it came in. Wall of shame, Deion Dawkins had, this is by, this is from In Like Flynn. The wall of shame goes to Deion Dawkins, had two holding calls, then negated Patriots penalties that would have given the Bills first downs. That's a good call there. Wall of shame also. Um, coaching for awful decisions regarding challenges. The misuse of timeouts and the play call on fourth and goal. Eric Harris writes, Allen is to blame for the loss with a good assist by Zay Jones, but Allen has an upside in a future. Zay Jones is worse than worthless. He's a liability. I couldn't that's that's very well put by Eric Harris. And a lot of the people have been going after Josh Allen and Zay Jones. And I do agree though, at least, you know, Josh Allen, you can see the the potential that he has in Zay Jones. I don't know if he ever has had it. Or if he's ever going to have it at this point. I mean, geez, how many more years do we have to wait for this guy before, you know, he's actually going to produce at the level that we drafted him at? Our man Jason Statham writes, Wall of Fame. The defense, without a doubt, Wall of Shame. This is a penalty machine, Lee Smith. (laughs) Tyler Durden writes right right after. uh, Lee Smith with the three false starts. He's like, dude, you're in the bleeping huddle. Figure it out. (laughs) Oh, man. Lisa Marinucci writes, giving wall of shame to Josh Allen because he can't make those mistakes every week. We have squeezed by three of them. Wall of, and the defense gets her vote for a wall of, wall of uh, fame for that one. TV nerd comes in. Longtime listener TV nerd. Wall of fame, she says. Defense all the way. Wall of shame, Zay Jones, a.k.a. Benjamin 2.0. <laughs> That's awesome. Kelvin Benjamin 2.0. Uh, he's not one Popeye's biscuit away from being uh, a tight end. <laughs> so we'll give Zay Jones credit for being in shape, but yeah, just drops everything. She gives a bonus wall of shame to the CBS commentators. <laughs> I'm not going to say this, but she's basically like, please more of uh, Tom Brady while you're talking about him, won't you please? <laughs> Michael C. writes in, Wall of Fame, the defense, and Frank Gore. Just two of the really great points of today was the Bills' amazing elite, almost almost elite. I, they, could be, they could have been elite today, really. And f- the play of Frank Gore, 36-year-old Frank Gore, just looking like he's 26. And Wall of Shame, Zay Jones, and the play calling. And then, You're What Hurts, right? Blocking for punts was the worst. Without that, the turnover... Without that turnover, the Bills win. Completely agree with that. An attractive nuisance, writes, Matt Barkley is on the Wall of Fame. He made some great long passes that Allen didn't. As much as I love Allen, he's young and he's still playing hero ball. Allen has to be my wall of shame. Too many long passes that ended in interceptions. And I hate to say it, but here we are. And that's a great point as far as, you know, it's funny. It was almost the exact opposite. You had Josh Allen throwing very high balls that were easily intercepted, whereas Matt Barkley was throwing the lower balls, where if the guys didn't catch him, then at least they were hitting the ground and going incomplete. Uh, Great point by Attractive Nuisance. 
So thank you guys all for all of your Twitter input. There were a lot of other great tweets, but um, come tweet at us next week. I'm going to post a question again and let us know what you guys thought, who was on the Wall of Fame and Wall of Shame. It was a rough game. Obviously, um, lots of people could go on the Wall of Shame today. Um, but, you know, on, on the bright side of things, you know, Mike, you mentioned earlier, you know, this this still counts as a loss, but, you know, we can we can run with a team like this, a team that may be the best team in the entire league. The Bills do a few things different. Josh Allen grows a little bit from last, you know, from this game to next game into the playoffs, and all of a sudden you're talking a team that can potentially, you know, with an average, with an average offense. I don't even want to say average offense. They had 375 total yards of offense compared to 225 on the other side. They just had to limit those turnovers. That's all. And 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 obviously the dumb penalties and dumb challenges and everything. Special teams. <laughs> just those 10 things and they'll be ready to beat the Patriots. So, if yeah. you... Go ahead, John. Yep, yeah, sorry. Um, so, I mean, one other thing I want to note is, I mean, so we're through week four here and the Bills are one of three AFC teams with a winning record. So, I mean, obviously, like, so the whole, you know, winning the division thing is, you know, all right, whatever. But, like, they're in prime position to get one of the top wildcard spots and possibly even a, a wildcard home game. That's great. That's a, that's a great point, especially with um, the fact that the AFC just keeps beating each other up. Like, the Ravens lost today against the Cleveland Browns pretty handily. Um, I believe it was in Baltimore, too. So, uh, this 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 conference is up for grab, man. Up for grabs, and it has been ever since Andrew Luck retired after Big Ben went down with an injury, and you just don't know. So yeah, good call. I don't think I will say, John, not to correct you, but I don't think you can get a home game as a wild card. I believe only division winners get home games. Even if you're seven and nine, and the wild card team is oh. eleven and five, you still get the yeah, home yeah, game yeah. as a seven and nine team. So like the a division winner would be playing wildcard weekend, but they would get the home win. You're right. Yep. Yeah, but you know, and the other reason why this game sucks to lose is because in order to the the biggest the first tiebreaker for a division record, if you have the same division re- or the same record um, to win the division, is your head to head play. So the Bills lost this one. Hopefully, they can win the next one and split it, and that way, when they're both twelve and four. Or eleven and five, or whatever you know, they can uh, they can pull out the division. So, so great. We appreciate all of you guys listening today. Please subscribe, rate and review us. Um, we have a ton of great podcasts on this podcast network. Um, you know, including you know Rumblings Q and A, Breaking Buffalo Rumblings, Blitz Bills, the Nick and Nolan Show, uh, Believe, and uh, the Mafia Mavens. So we've got you covered all week long. So they're gonna talk about everything that we talked about and more, everything, anything that we might have missed, and, and get you ready for next week's game against the Tennessee Titans. And uh yeah, so it's been great talking to you guys. So signing off for John. Uh Tom Brady eats chicken wings with ranch dressing. <laughs> from Mike. The future is bright. Put the rest of the NFL on notice. Good game for the Bills. And for me, Nate, three and one isn't the end of the world. Let's hope we can go four and one next week after win in te- win against the Titans and to go into the bye in week six. So we'll talk to you guys again next week. Go Bills.
Thank you for listening to the Circling the Wagons podcast. Download and subscribe to us in your favorite podcast service. Email us at ctwpod at gmail.com. That's Charlie Tango Whiskey Pod at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at ctwpod. And most importantly, go Bills! Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills.